The peace of Christ be with you. Join me in a few deep breaths that we might be made more aware of the Spirit's presence within and among us. Friends, now let us worship in beloved community. Sunday of Advent, so we will be lighting our third Advent candle. I hope that you also are lighting candles at home, either along with us on Sunday morning or at some point during the week. Now I invite you to join me as we light this candle. I will say a phrase, and then you are invited to respond, we pray for joy. We light the candle of joy knowing for some it is an affirmation of how life feels, while for others it is but an aspiration. We pray for joy. We light the candle of joy and dedicate ourselves to cultivating joy as a spiritual practice. We pray for joy. We light the candle of joy, and in doing so, Dwell in its presence. We pray for joy. Let us now join together in the opening hymn. Oh, can 
Good morning and welcome back to my basement. Um, our sanctuary, our kitchens, our living rooms, our homes, wherever you are worshiping with us, uh, whether you're worshiping now or even in the future sometime, welcome. And even though we can't be again together in person at all, it is great to be together in the spirit with you. Would you join me in our community prayer? It is easy to get sentimental this time of year, but our faith is about more than sentimentality. The prophets have always been messengers of justice, compassion, enacted. As we anticipate celebrating Jesus's birth, let us not forget that for which we came to fulfill the prophetic mission. Help us to recognize his coming, not as substitution for our own showing up, but as invitation to bring his teachings and values to life in our own lives and communities. Amen. Our prayers continue in quiet. ever-present God, you walk with us and are with us wherever we are through good times and bad, mountaintop and valley deep. Your footsteps are our guide, your hands are our support. We trust in your forgiveness that you have removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. We have knocked and are grateful that you opened the door. Open our hearts and minds to your spirit. May this time together cause us to love you and especially to love one another. Amen. Hello, this is Ben and Bethany with the Time of Discovery. Now I've asked Ben to join me because he has actually been filming our Sunday school lessons with me for ever? At ever. Least, I think since the beginning of summer. It's been a long time that we've been doing our Sunday school lessons. So you kids out there, maybe you've seen them. Hopefully you've turned tuned into YouTube and have seen them, but probably most of the adults that are watching today haven't seen our lessons. So something that Ben has been doing more recently is he has been very creative with the openings of the Sunday school lessons, right? Um, and so we wanted to share with you that maybe haven't been watching the Sunday School Lessons what one of those openings might look like. So Ben, why don't you pretend that we are opening the time of discovery, okay? okay? okay. And go, go take your place, okay? okay. okay? Um, and, and this would be how a Sunday School Lesson might begin, but instead we'll do an opening for the TOD. All right, go for it. Doing that brought you a lot of joy. Yes, it does. It does. See, look at the smile. Actually, it brings me a lot of joy, too, <laughs> even though it makes my head go a little crazy. Um, and that 
is what we are talking about this week. In our Sunday school lesson, we are talking about joy. Now, would you agree with me that this year has maybe sometimes been a little short on joy? Yes. Yes. However, joy has not been absent this year. No, it has not. No, it has not. So I hope that even in what can sometimes be a difficult year, this is going to be a very different Christmas, um, you know, things that are, we are used to doing, we may not be able to do. But I hope that each and every one of you will find some moments of joy. And what I wanted to show is that joy doesn't have to be like this big, significant thing, right? Joy can be <laughs> flipping on and off the lights and laying a little bass beat for <laughs> the time of discovery. Although you may want to check with your parents before you flip on and off the lights. Um, but we do hope that you will be able to find some moments of joy, even in what is a difficult time. That is one of God's gifts to us, that we can always find God's joy. So thanks for being with us, and check out our Sunday School lesson on YouTube. Bye-bye. Thank you, Bethany. Uh, that was fun. So we come to our time of joys and concerns. Uh, I want to invite you to uh, write any sorts of things you want to celebrate or we can celebrate together, and also to write any matters of concern that we can be praying for together as a community, as a church family. So go ahead and take some time to write those in the comment boxes. Uh, I want to share a couple of my own. My, As many of you know already, my brother-in-law, David, uh, had contracted COVID, and it was uh, painful, but thankfully, uh, God has heard our prayers, and he is home now, having recovered. Uh, so it just... Uh, you know, it's it's kind of an up and down roller coaster, right, through this whole thing. So I'm just so grateful for, and he is, uh, very grateful for all of your prayers and support. Uh, we'll take a few moments of quiet to reflect on these prayers that have been written, uh, those that may be weighing in your heart or may have been mentioned by the person sitting next to you, wherever you are. Let us pray. God, we celebrate with you and with each other all these things that have brought such joy and light to our lives. And God, we also ask you for your guidance, your helping hand for all of your creation where it suffers. May we sense your presence and Respond in kind. And lastly, God, we pray as your Son taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This joy I have, the 
to me. Oh, this joy I have, the world didn't give it to me. Oh, this joy I have, the world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it, the world can't, can't take it scripture reading today. Our first scripture reading comes from the book of Isaiah. Please listen to what the Spirit may be saying to you. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor 
and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display his glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. Sounds good. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. The second reading continues with the prophet Isaiah. 64, 8 to 11. Listen for what the Spirit is continuing to say to us this morning. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully give them the recompense, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants shall be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge that they are a people whom the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exalt in my God, for God has clothed me with the garments of salvation. God has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with a garland and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all nations. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. Well, we made it worshiping indoors a grand total of one week, one Sunday. We had it and then we lost it. I wonder what losses you would count as greatest during this time. Now, maybe you're thinking that's a strange way to start a sermon on a Sunday where we lit the candle of joy on the Advent wreath. But sometimes I think it is through an honest accounting of our losses that we can find our way to the land of joy. Those of you who attended a spiritual life gathering about a week and a half ago, you'll remember the practice of a welcoming prayer. Will you welcome in where, in, in which you welcome in whatever you're feeling, including sorrow and loss. And in doing so, you don't always find immediate happiness, but you do find a deeper peace that might be properly named joy. So it's okay to name the losses, even good, and we can all do it. The big ones, of course, the losses of life, loss of health, the loss of time with friends and loved ones, having to be distant, sometimes at crucial moments. 
the loss of livelihoods, loss of income, of so much that is precious. And there are smaller losses too, but they're not inconsequential because they compile. You know what I miss? I miss going to the local library and just walking up and down the stacks looking for something to read. So many of these little losses as well. What have you missed? I read about a couple not long ago in Chicago that had big plans for a large wedding and celebration and they couldn't go through with it. I mean, can you imagine? Well, maybe you can because maybe you've experienced something such as that. If there was ever a time we needed good news, it's this one. In this season, every year, we try to remember what the substance of the good news, which is at the core of our faith, truly is. Now, from the beginning, Christians have understood the Christ event through the lens of the prophets, the language and the images that they used, and Jesus himself uses, according to the gospel writers. That's how we tell and remember the Jesus story. So listen to what Isaiah says again. Listen again. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me, has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. These are the very words that in Luke's gospel, Jesus himself echoes. It's not just an amorphous good news without definition or clarity. It has a clear substance and even more a direction. It is intended for the oppressed and the marginalized, the imprisoned, the poor. It has a direction. In the simplest of terms, the good news is intended for those who have it the worst. And I wonder sometimes if that's something as a faith we have lost. The good news is to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Have we stopped to ask what that means and remember that? The year of the Lord's favor, favor was about jubilee. It was about economic forgiveness. The good news is tangible in its direction and in its substance. The now disgraced, somewhat, and yet still insightful, Jean Vanier reminds us the tangible nature of the gospel when he says, the poor don't need to be told that God loves them. They need to be told, and I would say shown, that we do if you belong to a we who has enough. It's not just about sentimentality. It's about actual help and relief and justice for those who desperately need it. The poor, the 
and the marginalized and those who have it tougher in this life, they often know better than we that God loves them, but they need to know that we do. That's where God meets us in Jesus, in the tangible, in the physical, in the here and now. The good news is very much about justice. But interestingly, Christianity and justice sometimes have a strained relationship. Have you noticed that some of those who care deeply about the poor don't want anything to do with Jesus? Have they met him? And what he came to proclaim and what he embodied? And similarly, some of those who care the most deeply about Jesus seem to have no earthly interest in justice. Have they met him and what he proclaimed and what he embodied in his life? Some would prefer that the church would talk less frequently about justice. But the prophets, whose language swaddles the Christ child, the prophets say this, for I, the Lord, love justice, says Isaiah. God loves it. That's the good news. Justice, which relates to our theme of joy today, because in part what justice is about is giving everyone the ability, the capacity to experience joy here and now. It's not about simply escaping this world to a better place, but helping this become a better place. The Christ event sets that in motion in a new way. I love the hymn with which we'll close today. It's called the Canticle of the Turning, and it has the audacity to claim that with Jesus Christ, the world experiences a turning of sorts. And it begins with this line, my soul cries out with a joyful shout. And it proceeds to beautifully speak about justice in this world and what it looks like as proclaimed from the lips of the prophets and the mother of Jesus herself. This summer, our Vacation Bible School, along with many churches across the country, had justice as its theme. Now, they used the words making it right, a nice, simple definition. And as Christians, sometimes we assume that only that Jesus made it right, forgetting that in doing so, he invites us into participate in continuing to make it right, or righter and righter as time goes on. The prophets can be concrete, and they can also be poetic, painting Images of what a just world will look like beyond just a laundry list of what one should do. Isaiah builds the image, turns back to the image of the garden, a familiar one in the faith, 
saying, For as the earth brings forth its shoot, and as a garden causes what is sown to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all nations. In other words, the people of God will be known for what they sow and therefore what they reap, the kind of fruit they produce. Reaping and sowing is a collective action, not just a personal one. So what will we do in our common life to bear that kind of fruit, to make joy and well-being more available to all? Let's return to that Chicago couple. They have names, by the way, Emily Bug and Billy Lewis. They ultimately decided to forgo their big celebration. They got married at a courthouse. When they went to tell the vendors they had lined up, they found that they were on the hook for a significant deposit with their caterer. Now, the caterer was used to being asked for that deposit back and often had to explain that, look, they had poured a lot of resources into the planning and they, they can't just give that money back. They lose their business. They were not prepared for what the couple would say in response, which was this, go ahead and make the meals anyway. Oh, but if you could, make them a Thanksgiving theme. And together, that couple fed 200 people Thanksgiving dinner with the money that could not be spent on their big celebration. They spent it through an organization that serves those who have it the worst in the city. Those who suffer from mental illnesses like schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, serious depression, many who are experiencing homelessness, those who are older and don't have enough resources, and many, many veterans. Now that's enough of a feel-good story for many, a one-time heroic and dramatic event, and everybody can go home feeling good about themselves. But it was more than that. Because for this couple, this was not a one-off event, as admirable as that would be. This was their way of life. Not always so dramatically, but little by little, sort of like tending a garden day after day. You see, Bug's job was working at that organization that provides all those services and meals to those who have it rough in this world. It's an organization called Thresholds. So all the time, not just when they're celebrating, they're dedicating their lives to helping those who are on the bottom by some measures. Their work is dedicated to changing the conditions of those who've been dealt a difficult hand. And the story had ripples. It was so inspiring that another uh, man caught wind of it, and he was to have had a great big retirement celebration and couldn't because of the pandemic. And so he made a similar choice about the resources dedicated to that celebration. More meals for more people, 
but with a different theme this time. Christmas dinners. Friends, how can we acknowledge the real losses that we've experienced in this time, all of us, and use those losses to become gain for someone else in need. And in doing so, experience and spread a bit of joy and experience and spread a little bit of God's justice here and now. Amen. I know that many of you have been curious about our Christmas Eve plans. So on Christmas Eve, December 24th, we will be offering a virtual worship service like we do every Sunday. It will go live at 10 a.m. So you're welcome to join us right as the worship video premieres, either on YouTube or on Facebook at 10 a.m. And then after that, the service will be available all day. So tune in whenever works for you on Christmas Eve. And then at 4 p.m., we will be having an outdoor gathering here at the Westminster parking lot. It will be a service of lessons and carols, so we'll read some of the familiar Christmas stories, sing some Christmas carols together. It is important for us to know how many people to expect so we can appropriately socially distance ourselves. So please sign up for that in advance. The Sign Up Genius link uh, went out in the e-news. You can also find it on our website. I also hope that you are planning to join us next Sunday, December 20th, for our drive-through nativity. This is going to feature many of our Westminster children. You'll get to see them all dressed up as characters from the Christmas story, and they will even be sharing some of that Christmas story with you. You do not have to leave your car. Simply come to the parking lot and drive through the nativity scene that we will have created for you. So again, that's next Sunday, anytime between 1.30 and 2. You are welcome to join in. And finally, it is not too late to join in the Spiritual Life Advent Series. It's on Tuesday evenings from 6 to 7. You can find the Zoom link again in your e-news or on our website. This coming Tuesday, the Reverend Ted Scott, one of our parish associates, will be leading our time together. And now... Let us join together in our closing hymn. My soul cries out. 
of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God who is Father and Mother of us all, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be with you this day and every day. Amen. <laughs> 